So just a few verses tonight, and they're wonderful words. And again, did you see that Jesus begins by acknowledging our anxiety and our fear? So at this point in the passage, Jesus is just speaking to the disciples, who at the moment were obviously pretty fearful about their lives, because back in the days when you threw your lot in with Jesus, things could get pretty hairy. So Jesus addresses them really tenderly with these words, Fear not, little little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There is so much goodness just in that first verse. There's so much goodness there. So let's spend a little bit of time looking at it. First of all, did you hear... Did you hear the different ways, all the different ways that God is uh, described in this one verse? Firstly, we're called the little flock. So if we're the flock, God is the shepherd, which means it's his job to care for us, to lead us to water, to feed us, to protect us. And uh, we know in the ancient Near East when shepherds would put their sheep in the sheep pen at night, the shepherd would sleep laying down in the doorway not because it was the comfiest spot, but to protect the animals. So the sheep would lay in the doorway opening there to stop wolves getting in and to stop the sheep getting out. And, And this is what Jesus is talking about in John 10 when he says he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, and then later in that, in that passage he says, I am the door. That, that's what he literally means. He is the shepherd. He is literally the door to the sheep, and he's putting his life on the line for his precious, precious sheep. So do not fear, little flock, because that's the kind of God you have. You have a shepherding God. Now, the the next little piece of a sentence here. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So God is your shepherd and God is father. That's the word we've been given to describe God, father. We're not only his little flock, we're, we're his children. And hear me on this. He is a father that knows what you need. He knows what you need. He'll make sure you get what you need which is different to what we think we need. Sometimes we think we know what we need and we dictate dictate that to God, but it's better to let God decide that. And what we need, Jesus says, is the kingdom. And we'll define that in a moment. But he says here, it's his good pleasure to give it to us. It pleases God to, to give you the kingdom. He wants to do this. It makes him glad to give you this amazing thing. Not all of us had fathers like this. You have a good heavenly father, and you can trust him. And he wants to give you the best thing he can give you, the kingdom. So fear not. Your God is a shepherd, and he is a good father. Okay, what else is in this short sentence? Well, let's talk about the whole, the kingdom piece for a moment here. The reason... Well, it's, 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 it's the only reason God can give you the kingdom. Like, who can give you a kingdom? The king. It's the only person that can give you a kingdom is the king. So God is a shepherd. He's a father. He's a king. So do you see the layers that Jesus is building in our understanding of God? And when we think about these things, shepherd, what does that connote? It, it connotes this idea of protection, 
and, and provision and, and fatherless, fatherness. That's not a word, fatherness, but it will say it. Fatherness, it connotes this idea of love and, and tenderness. And what about king? What does, that, what does that get across? Power and sovereignty and wealth. Do you see God loves you? He wants to look after you like a good shepherd, like a good father, and he's a king. So he's got their power and authority to do the things he promises. So fear not. Let me, let me put it this way. I want to describe a scenario to you to sort of um, furnish your imagination. Uh, I've, I love the description of following Jesus as the grand adventure because I think it is. I think it's just this amazing adventure. So let's, let's, let's build a picture around this a little bit. Let's say you've been invited on this amazing hike, right? You've been invited on this amazing hike. And uh, it's like a three-day hike, and it's in uncharted territory. It's like a jungle, and it's dangerous and glorious and beautiful. And it's, but you hear it's going to be fairly dicey in places. You're, you're literally putting your life into the hands of of the leader of this hike, and you're asking yourself, can I trust this person? Do they have my best interests at heart? Before leaving, you learn some things about the team leader for the hike. Apparently, he follows the ways of the ancient shepherds, which sounds a bit cheesy, I know, but just just go with it, right? Which means he knows how to fight off wild animals, that he'll put his life on the line for you. You also learn that he's your long-lost father, which, who's been searching for you for years. Now, obviously, there's a bit of a backstory there, but you just, just go with it, just go with it, right? So he's, he's like this ancient shepherd. He's your long-lost father who's been looking for you for years. Lastly, you learn that the place you're going to, this jungle, it's his. He owns it like he planted it. He established it. He knows all the creatures in it. He's in charge of all the creatures. He can direct all the creatures, If that person is your sort of team leader in the hike and he says, fear not, let's have an adventure, you'd believe him, wouldn't you? You'd trust him. You'd put your life into his hands and you'd start hiking, wouldn't you? You'd you'd walk into uncertainty with this person. You'd walk into danger with this person. Jesus, with all the love and authority and power in the universe, says to you, follow me on a grand adventure. Fear not. I've got you. I have you. Now, before we move on to verse 33, there's an obvious question to ask, and that is, what are we talking about here when we talk about the kingdom of God? And there's a lot of ways to talk about it. I'll I'll talk about it in one way. Because this is a thing that God wants to give you. Okay, so here we go. So the Bible teaches that history is not like a loop, like it's cyclical, but that history is a story moving towards an end, a, a climactic end when everything will be cleansed and healed. Uh, the world will be changed. All our pain and hurts will be dealt with. All evil will be sorted out once and for all. And everything, everything will be under the loving rule of Jesus. Jesus is saying the Father wants to give you that. But, but do you see, it's slightly confusing, right? Because Jesus talks about this future thing as if it's a present thing. He does that because we do actually get to experience some of the benefits of the kingdom now. We get to experience some of the power of the kingdom now, partially. 
but in a very real sense. And it's wonderful. This is what Jesus means, and, it, and it's just and it's an amazing promise. Okay. This is the point in Jesus' sermon in Luke 12 where we want Jesus to stop speaking, I think. We want the sermon to end right here. It's like the kingdom. Oh, love the kingdom, right? The kingdom, yes. Jesus is our shepherd, our father, our king. Fantastic. That's brilliant. I love that. I think mostly we would prefer if the sermon stopped right there. And we would prefer that because the very next thing Jesus says is, sell your possessions and give them to the needy. And we're like, come on. Like, like come on. You know, it's hard enough to trust God for my, for my daily bread, let alone, you know, giving it away to people. But the thing about Jesus is he always wants to take us deeper, deeper into discipleship, deeper into relationship with him, deeper into trusting him. So from this promise of his care comes the command, sell your possessions and give them away to the poor. Now, Christ is not changing the subject here. There's a clear logic between verse 32 and verse 33. Do you see the logic? He wants his disciples, he wants us, he wants you to be as generous as his heavenly father is. So in verse 32, Jesus tells them what they have received, the kingdom, and now he tells them what they should do, what their response should be. Sell your possessions, give them to the poor. This is, this is the way it should work. As we grow in our faith, the impulse to generosity should grow as well. Why? Because the more we believe that God will look after us, the more that frees us up to give, particularly to those in need. And Jesus makes the point that he says, think about this as an investment in the kingdom. And unlike any other investment you make in this world, it's never going to be destroyed. Now, before we get to verse 34, the last verse, let me summarize, okay? Jesus says, don't be afraid. He goes, I, I know you are scared, but don't be. You have a God who is, who is a shepherd, who is a good father, who is the king, who wants, you to give, who wants to give you the very best thing he can give you, the kingdom. And because you believe that, and as you experience that, you will want to invest in this kingdom, which will look like divesting of your stuff and giving to the poor. Okay, now how does, how does verse 34 relate to that? Let me read it to you. It'll, it, it, it should make sense to you. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What does this mean? It's basically, it's the rationale for what Jesus has just said. It means you are loyal. You're loyal to the things you value the most. So if you store your treasure here, if your treasure is your money and your stuff, it will, it will pull your heart here. Your horizon will be limited to what you can see, feel, touch. But if your treasure is in the things of God, it will pull your heart there and with it all your goals and your ambitions as well, which means what you do with your money says a lot about what's happening inside of you. Okay, let me finish up. I think... I think most of us want to do what Jesus is asking us to do. I think most of us want to be generous people, radically generous people, 
But we're not. And we're not because we just don't trust God to provide for us. We let our anxiety get in the way of generosity. Which is why Jesus repeatedly says, do not be anxious, do not be afraid, and fear not. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. These are words we must meditate on and ask the Holy Spirit to change us. So.